It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. If you want interesting and entertaining debate on the Premier League and other English leagues, but from a show that doesn't take itself too seriously, then check out The Whistleblowers. It's a weekly football podcast hosted by me. I used to play football, Martin Gritton, uh, stand-up Mark Smith when he can, and music manager Gareth Dobson, who uh, always has plenty of good chat, being a Spurs fan. Um, we basically get football writers in to have a chat as well. And we talk about the spoilers that matter in English football, whether it's on the pitch or off it. It's free to listen to iTunes, Acast, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, or you can download the Whistleblowers app. Follow us on Twitter at Football Podcast. Cheers. Welcome, ladies and gents, to the Manchester United Redcast. Uh, back once again this week after after another Typical United week, full of highs and then proper lows as well. No, we didn't, you know, we didn't take that much of a beating, but we still got beat uh, by Arsenal. My name's Aaron Paul, guiding you through another um, another interesting United discussion. Uh, joining me this week, Chris Curley, you're up, pal. Hello, everybody out there who are feeling quite sad about United this week. And uh, also, Andrew Mann-Paul, the pioneer of broken biscuits. All right, mate? Oh, mate, I tell you what. Talk of broken biscuits. It's a broken club, isn't it? Yeah, man. It's a broken biscuit, a club. Yeah. If Man United were a biscuit, what biscuit would they be? A shit club. Rich tea. Just shit. Oh, Shit. Crap. I like rich tea, Aaron. They're good, it's a good dunking biscuit. Rich teas are the scum of biscuits, mate. Oh, they're good dunkers. They're, they're good crap. dunkers. They just, they just stick to the roof of your mouth. They don't even taste of anything. No. You're eating wrong. Mate, I, I, come on. Come on. Even the, even the pigeons refuse them, rich tea. They're, they're, well, you would know, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know. I, lo- I like... I like a chocolate digestive, a proper chocolate, like a McVitie's chocolate digestive. You can't be that. I bet you like a chocolate hobnob as well. Um, I can take it or leave it. I can take it or leave it. You're not playing like a pink wafer. <coughs> <laughs> You're on all the, the sugar icing. It's because you come from biscuit background, Chris. That's what Yeah, I do have a biscuit heritage. Yeah, I think we're playing like a party ring. You know, on those proper party rings, when, when you know, they look good. In, in 
just like on paper, they actually look really good. But in reality, they're, they're just shit. They're really, well, really we're talking shit. about biscuits or United? Both. All oh, right. Here's the thing on Sunday, though, right? I was, the teams had got announced an hour before, and I thought, I was talking to my mate Darren, and we were like, you know what? That's a good side, that. That's a good side. I quite like that side. Surprised two and Zebe didn't start to handle Aubameyang's pace, but I thought, you know what? Good side. And then the game started. And it was horrendous. It was so depressing. They were like they were like two paces behind Arsenal, weren't they? I don't I get it. I don't. I don't. I don't get it now. I really don't. I don't. I was trying to think about it. Can I think of a theory about why that happened and why we're we playing well in the Champions League but not in the Premier League, particularly at home? Now that started in the last three home games when we were rubbish. Mm. It's more than the fans not being there it's got to be more than that it is about the character I think of these players the mentality of them now I can understand them playing well in the Champions League because they earned the right to play in the Champions League so they're up for it and my only theory I can possibly cling on to as something new is that when it comes to the Premier League maybe they're disappointed with the summer recruitment and thought hold on a minute we finished third we worked hard and the club isn't backing us and if they just drop, if each player just drops off one two percent, well, that's the team's playing twenty percent less good, and they're going to get beat. So I I don't know. And now I think a week ago we're all well. Ollie's fine. Ollie's good. He's done well. And now everyone's looking like Pochettino's going to walk through the door um, at three o'clock on Saturday after Goodison's finished the game. At Goodison's done. Yeah. It's it's just hard to to fathom. I, I don't think they're going to sack Ollie for the simple fact that he's a yes man. Uh, and they're quite happy with that, the Glazers and uh, Woodprint. Really? Woodprint. <coughs> I think that... They don't care. They don't care about... Look at what they did. What was the, the American football team that they looked after? And they, you know, they were a, a, a winning team. Was it? No, it wasn't Florida, was Tampa, it? Tampa Bay, who Tampa they own, right? Yeah. But here's it's a good point about Tampa Bay, because when they won the Super Bowl, with the Glazers in 2003, they yeah. let Tampa kind of just disappear from being the top notch, right? Yeah. And, and didn't really invest in them. This past year, though, they've signed Tom Brady and Gronkowski, right? Who are arguably two of the, well, Brady's all time greatest quarterback, possibly. Gronkowski's one of the best players they've ever had from the days back at New England Patriots. And they're playing together at Tampa and they're winning and they've got their best record, I think, for about 20 years. So that, and they wouldn't have been cheap. Tom Brady and Gronkowski he came out of retirement wouldn't have been cheap. So they've invested in Tampa to have a better NFL season, which is interesting to me when it comes to what the calibre of player they're investing in into us. Well, obviously, Cavani, great. Great on paper. But he hasn't played for nine months. He hasn't trained for ages. It looks like it as well. It's going to take him a month to get back to any kind of match fitness, even if he is the right man at 33. Did you see him warming up? Yeah, it was the team that played last year. Did you see him warming up, Chris? Yeah, I did. I mean, I'd do more warming you know, up. I bet you do more than that getting out of bed. Let's, yeah. let's just call them, we, I wouldn't call them, you know, it, it wasn't warm-up. It was more physical jerks. That's, you know, you know, that's how I'd describe them. They were physical jerks, you know, like the odd movement here and there. It was like an over-70s yoga class. It was silly. It was just... Well, the point is, that is still last season's team, which hasn't really progressed. And clearly, Van der Beek isn't someone that Ollie's trusting into the team structure yet. And arguably, probably said, 
well, yeah, he's great, but I think I need a centre-half. I think I need a striker first. I think I need a right-winger first. If you can get them, then fine. But instead, Van der Beek was the first one to come along. It's just so unbalanced. It's like they've built a team for somebody else. Yeah. Or trying to. And I do think Pogba wouldn't have been there this summer. He would have got sold this year, um, but for lockdown, right? So I understand some plans may have changed. But I can't. You've got either the brave thing, Ollie, dropping Pogba. But I don't see Paul Pogba play three good games consecutively. No, row, no. He's either eight out of ten or he's two out of ten. And he's a liability running backwards. Yeah. So I, I, I can't wait any longer for Pogba to suddenly do what Pogba should be doing. He, no. he ran around really well on uh, Wednesday night against Leipzig because he didn't have to run backwards. Yeah. As soon as he... As soon and, as, they were win- and they were winning, so his head didn't go down. He said didn't go down, but he, he played well, I thought, attacking-wise, in, in that left-sided place against Leipzig. But yeah. against Arsenal, you know, if anyone ran off him, he's just lazy. He's a lazy, he's a lazy defender. Every penalty he gives away is a lazy decision. We can't, seem to, we, can't, we can't seem to win in the league at home. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sort of very lost right now. I'm sitting here thinking, are they not playing for Oli? I'm sitting here thinking, is it just a blip? What the fuck is it, boys? Well, I'd I'd like to just tune up here and start with one of my theories is obviously, I mean, I'm getting to a stage where I'm repeating myself all the time and I don't think that anything will be resumed until Woodward and his cronies have gone. I really don't. No, definitely. Because they're quite happy... Plodding along with Ollie, one win, one here, one there, look good one week. And, you know, as for Ollie to t- turn up and his first part of the interview was, oh, we weren't at the races. I think he, I think he felt on that interview post match was struggling for an answer. Going, you know, I've told, you know, you can just tell he's told them loads and they still don't get it. And it's about which players can he trust. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think we can all agree that nothing really changes till the Glazers and Woodward go, or it change, right? I think we can all have that same point of view. But in the meantime, what's going to happen? I know that if the ground was full, do you think the Glazers and Woodward would be getting away with it right now? No, no. well, I don't know. Definitely I don't know. Not. I know, I know not. the one thing, like we we spoke about last time we spoke, was that they were quite happy to show how much they'd earned from the club. Um, and see, this is another thing that angered me. I, on Wednesday was the weather, it was pissing down with rain. You did not see Arteta move from that square shouting at his team in the pissing rain. Ollie was sat in the stands looking at his fucking video board again, occasionally got up. And it's just oh. like, this, this, what's the difference there? It's someone that actually believes what he's doing. No, I don't, I don't buy into that pontificating on the touchline type of manager. I don't like it. I think I think you know your work. Your work is done in the week. You don't need to. Fergie never hardly ever got up there because when Fergie made a point that whenever he went to the touchline, it meant something to sort yourselves out. Right. I, I don't read into the too much about whether he's danced along the touchline. I just don't. Well, I know Pep Guardiola is a, a keen fan of being there and shouting that, and you see actually commitment coming from him is that he knows. That, shouldn't being there, that being there, that they respect what he's talking about. Sure, but you shouldn't need it. This is the point. This is the mentality problem we've talked about for years with those with those players. 
you shouldn't need that. You know, they, what's the problem with those players is their character to play consistently well at the highest level because they can do it. They can do it. But, but they're either they, 8 out of 10 or they're 2 out of 10. Too times often, have, times have changed from when Fergie didn't get up there and that, you know, they all believed that. But the thing is, you look at Klopp, Pep, they're yeah. all there shouting at the team, giving them positive thought and whatever, not sat looking at a fucking video board. You shouldn't need it. You shouldn't need it. I don't it's believe you do you need it. Me, me, the you manager, do. shouting at them like they're school kids to you be hungry for me and playing on the pitch. You do need it. Where, where, where did it go wrong? Apart from the fact, the simple fact that they scored one more goal than us, where, where did this whole thing go wrong for us at the weekend? I mean, I was sat there and, and straight after the game, I was inclined to praise Arsenal and go, yeah, fair play. Yeah. That you did all right. But in truth, they didn't even need to like get out of first gear. They they were they were crap, Arsenal. They were boring. They they defended, they sat and parked the bus. Oh, but, but they should have been doing a lot in the first half. They they were good enough to be tuning a lot in the first half. Yeah, yeah. They created enough chances to do that. I mean, the midfield was the problem, right? We've got six midfielders, but we haven't got one midfielder who's the midfielder we need, who can control the tempo of a match and who can temp- take the ball and pass the ball. Right, Fred is great at intercepting, harrowing, and closing people down. Great, then losing the ball. Terrible, terrible playing it forward consistently. One, two touch needs three and four. McTominay physicality in defensive blocking shots. Similarly, can't take the ball off the back four. Pogba liability ego too big for his talent. Loses the ball, gets caught in a trap all the time. They know how to play. Right. Matic not mobile enough to cover that role on his own. We are desperately crying out for a cog in the middle of the pitch. Who Thomas can control Party. The game. Thomas Party, boys. What a player. What a player. And Didi at Leicester is another good option when he gets fit again. I think someone who can play that, because I think if you can get someone who can play that role on their own, it can free up the others in a, in a three in midfield. Because he hasn't got that person who can take the ball off Maguire and Lindelof and control the tempo of the game in the way that Carrick would do and get everybody else playing accordingly, then I don't then that's that's like a really massive sticking point into the fluidity of the football that's going on. It's all just so sticky and slow. And then without a target man and number nine, you can't play it long. Did you did uh, did you all see uh, Kino's reaction? Mm. Yeah. I mean, he does say a few soupy things, but he also says some very... He was dead right when he said, there's no leader. There's no leader there. There's no one grabbing up the ball and going, right, let's, have, let's give it them. Come on, let's get stuck in. You know, he said, it's a, it's a disgrace to pull on that shirt if you're not like that. Oh, of course, of course. But, you know, those players have shown... Oh, and I'm, I'm talking, like, under Mourinho's time as well, most of those players have been there and have shown their inconsistency and their lack of mentality over a period of time. I, <coughs> excuse me, I think with Maguire, and everyone's criticising him a lot, is that, well, you know what? There was no leader, and as soon as he signed, it was like, well, he looks like a natural type who could be centre-half. He actually is something we missed. He's good in the air in both boxes. Uh, he's good on the ball in terms of passing it and creating passing angles, which is important because we didn't have anyone on the back because they had shovel feet in likes of Chris Smalling, who could do that. So, you know, Maguire <coughs> was a good signing. Overall, our record defensively was good. That's the stats. Now, 
has that been added to in other parts of the pitch? Have those players taken on that responsibility? No. Is that a fault of management? Probably yes. So mm. I, I don't. I, I think we're all confused at the moment, as much as Ollie's confused about what his best team is, because he doesn't know that. Well, no. Let's, let's go, go, go on, go on, Drew. Sorry, I, I was just going to say, going back to party again. I, I mean, it just shows, you know, that Arsenal were moaning. I think last season before the Arteta coming in stuff, you know, when he, just before he came in, that they weren't spending. Da da da. They they picked this guy that they wanted, right? Mm. Yeah. They had to pay through the nose for him and finish off his contract. But they went for him and got him. And he looks like he's going to be a quality footballer for them. He really does. If you saw any of the, the highlights again of that game, he absolutely bossed it. He bossed it. And they, you know, they were clear with their target and they went to go and get it. was him. his first game, Chris. But we don't, we don't do that. We don't do that. We don't, we don't go for people like that. We well, I thought we were about Sancho. You know, we were going for Sancho, and then you know all that fanning around. Why didn't they pay for him? Get him in. We didn't need Sanchez. We didn't need Sanchez at the time. We didn't San- need him. No, Sancho, Sancho, Sancho. Sancho, Sancho. Sorry. Um, well, I agree with you on Sancho. Uh, clearly, Sancho was uh, someone that Oli uh, desperately wanted. That's what all the paper talk was about. That right side hasn't been dealt with for a long time. Also. You know, it puts less pressure pressure on Juan Basaka having to attack because Sancho can stay up there, and you, and therefore Sancho doesn't have to trace back as much because you can trust Juan Basaka on a one on one. So it yeah. made loads of sense. He's young, he's English, he's twenty. He could he could be play there for ten years. Yeah. And for some reason, they don't trust to spend the money on that signing. So, and that would have made a world of difference. I think we've missed Martial at home in the last few games in the league for sure in terms of what he gives you up front. Well, um, he can go missing as well, though, can't he? You know, can go missing. I think we've missed him as a goal yeah. threat. You know, I think in the last couple of games, it would have been different. Yeah. Uh, but I thought Greenwood played pretty decent yeah. um, on Sunday for his first full game back. Uh, midfield's the problem. Unless you can control midfield, you're not going to win football matches. Let's, uh, let's take a pause, chaps. This is the Manchester United Redcast. We're back in a moment. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Okay, we are back. It's the Manchester United Redcast. Uh, me, Aaron Paul. Andrew Mann, hyphen Paul, and Chris Curley uh, back in the hot seat once again, chatting all things Manchester United. Um, I don't really want to dwell on Arsenal too much. I just think we we were shit going forward. We we were poor. We we looked 
I mean, Ollie's saying we did look at the ra- at the races. Yeah, I agree. But it, there was nothing done to change, you know, the situation and the outcome. Um, granted, we had a couple of good chances, but even then, we 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 just looked kind of poor. Chaps, um, Istanbul, Bashakshir away. I, I'm I'm banking on a United win in this one. I think we're going to get you know it's, we're going to make it nine out of nine in our in our first three Champions League games. What about you, Chris? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we've got six points already. Ten will qualify. It would be great if we could get up to nine and an away win because it takes the pressure off those other games a little bit. And they are the harder ones. Um, with Paris and Leipzig, you don't want to be going into those last two games, despite beating both, needing a couple of points. So let's get it done. I think there's just, you know, I'm hoping that um, the game in midweek can create, give them some confidence, actually, because I think their confidence would have hit the floor a little bit. Um, or after Sunday's game, and you know we can we can play well. I think playing well is very important. Scrapping a one nil victory won't be very good. They need to play well, and I'd be interesting. I think his team selection's fascinating um, of how he's going to set himself up because I think it'll be the way he'll play on Saturday. I do think at Goodison, if he gets a bad result at Goodison, he's going to be in proper trouble. Yeah. With Pochettino hovering, we're, we're, we're swinging though, man. Chris, every week it's like, yeah, great, Ollie's great. I mean, I heard some um, someone on on the radio the other day talking about how exciting it is to watch United and how they're kicking into gear. That was after the Leipzig game. I then don't, I don't want... later, bang! It's like, oh, United are shit again. Well, make your yeah. mind up. What are we? No, I don't. I don't listen. I like what Ollie does overall. I do. I'm not talking about this. What would I do? I'm saying what I think will happen, and what I think will happen, and the way the narrative's building where history has dictated so far how the board have dealt with managers over the last seven years, mm. is that if Oli gets loses 3-0 to Everton badly on Saturday, he's going to be in massive trouble when we're in 15th, 16th, with literally Fulham, West Brom, Brighton below us, right? After seven or eight games, 10 points off Champions League spots, Poch is hovering. It is a great excuse to sack Oli just before the international break. That's what I'm. That's what I think has could happen, and I think the results in Europe with Paris, one particularly again, and Leipzig at home, have given Oli that breathing space. But I think we. I think at the beginning of October, I doubt it had made the month through the way things were shaping up. Yeah, same. And those two results are saving saving him. I think without those two results. I think it'd be quite obvious they'd be getting rid of him because I think they've been looking for an opportunity to get rid of him for a while because that is how Woodward and the Glazers operate. I still think that they, they no, they've got a yes man there. Do you I think mean, he's a yes man though? Yes, I do. Really? Why? What makes you say he's a yes man? Because I, I can tell he's just a dead nice bloke, isn't he? He's not, I reckon he's not a fucker in the dressing room. I reckon he's not. He's not someone that scares the living daylights out of you. That goes. But, you that, know, but was, is Mourinho a yes man? Was Van Harley yes man? No, no. What the fuck? They couldn't, get, oh. they couldn't get a tune out of those players either. True, true. That's a good point. It's the players. But, it's the players. The mentality. The mentality isn't strong. Well, that's not, that's not going to change if they sack him and bring in the potch, is it? No, it's not. But he started to wheedle out those players in the mentality. I think he would have got rid of Pogba in the summer. I think you've got to get rid of Pogba as soon as you can. Yeah, it's but it's not the manager, Chris, that gets rid of Pogba, is it? It's them knobheads. Well, of course it's not. Who's going to buy him now in a global pandemic? Nobody's got any money to get your money back. What do you do? 
Well, clearly Pogba is ruining the balance of that team. And you haven't got any form from him for the last four years, four, five seasons he's been there now, yeah, where yeah. he has proved to me he ha- is a world-class player who deserves to be in the, in the team every week because yeah. he's consistently a seven or eight out of ten and wins your games. I think nothing for the past two years has he been a liability. Let's yeah. let's 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 move on um, and and talk about something else because this is this is quickly turning into another rant in it, another rant cast and we've got about nine minutes left on our call so I want to make the most of it. Um, Nobby Styles, sad sad news of his passing uh, last week. Um, Drew, you were probably there when he made his debut, mate. Um, <laughs> hey, so, uh, I was there. When, I was there when he ran into the post and knocked his teeth out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, t- I'll tell you a, a funny, funny story about my mum, late mum, who passed away a good few years back, um, actually used to live four doors down from Nobby Styles, yeah. his family, yeah, in Colliurst, Manchester. And uh, she always used to go on about uh, Nobby and his brothers when I was a kid. Um, yeah, but I, I just thought that it was very sad. He was a character, wasn't he? He was... Um, Apart from he's obviously been a great, a great—I don't know how great a footballer he was—but uh, I did see him. I think I'm, I saw him definitely uh, 68 European Cup when he played and stuff. You know, I mean, um, Nobby's in football history as um, only one of three Englishmen to have won the World Cup and the European Cup. Yeah, and he was yeah. an integral part to both the success of those games and the, yeah. what he played every minute of the World Cup, obviously. Uh, and you, he man-marked Eusebio in the final, which, you know, Eusebio was arguably up there with Pele at the time, the equivalent yeah. of Messi versus Ronaldo at the time. And, I, you know, he's he's part of our history. It's only such a shame that we can't give him the send-off he deserves. My yeah. mum actually uh, taught at St. Patrick's in Collyhurst. Yeah. Um, wow. um, in the late 80s, Nobby and Brian Kidd would go to the school and look for the kids and train them up and yeah. host the kids. Um, I reminded her this week, my mum, that she never brought me along. And why didn't you? Why didn't you bring me along to that? That would have been great. I remember saying at the time, can I not go? Um, that would have been good. So that's what that's reminded me of that. But I think what's also sad about Nobby is dementia in football. And obviously with Sir Bobby this week as well, um, announcing he is suffering from dementia. It's an incredibly sad state of affairs if anybody getting that horrible disease. Yeah. But when football could le- heading those leather footballs for decades, yeah, and the authorities haven't investigated or done anything about it mm. enough to protect not only just to protect these guys now, but also to work out the new generation what to do and the impact of heading. It's an absolute scandal that they've not done more. And I hope you know if Bobby Charlton, who is the greatest English footballer that probably has ever been, if you go around the world, talk to English football, people will say, a Russian taxi driver in Los Angeles said to me, oh, Bobby Charlton. And he's known the world over. What else is it going to take for the football authorities to do something about the issue of dementia in that generation of footballers if your greatest one is suffering from it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, sad, obviously, uh, moving on to the the news about Sir, Sir Bobby Charlton as well, a proper United legend. Um... You always get 
you know, I, I think for me, I always sit and I, I'm always sort of scared of the day that, you know, we lose him and we lose to Alex Ferguson. I mean, you guys again will remember the day um, Samat Busby died and, you know, you see all those scenes and obviously now it will be blown up even more. Uh, obviously, we, we, we've got a taste of it when Sir Alex Ferguson got ill, but I mean, shit, it's it's quite scary. Like, And I, and I feel very, very sad about Bobby Charlton. You know, his his younger brother, Tommy, coming out Yesterday, saying that he was in tears, you know, throughout some of the conversations, he's, he's struggling to remember things. It's just, it's it's really, really sad. It's quite scary as well. It's, it's quite it's, scary, you know. You're right, Aaron. I think it's also sad, especially everything that's going on right now. We've mm. all got a greater sense of nostalgia for everything um, of our youth and the things we remember as kids growing up, and and who we can and can't see at the moment, and all. You know, it's just it's just the worst perfect time for all these things to happen and makes us, you know, evaluate uh, what we feel about things that we enjoyed a lot because it's hard to find stuff you enjoy at the moment. Mm. It's one of the reasons we're probably more heightened in our frustration of what's going on at United because, you know, our memories are very recent of what worked and why it was good and what investment over that 30-year period we put into getting that good and then to see it gone is so upsetting. And then combined everything else that's going on in the world, it makes it makes it it tough, but it doesn't change anything that those guys uh, have done for us. And you know, they'll I, I'll always have a smile on my face uh, as to what they did for Manchester United and what they gave us as fans first, rather than a tear in my eye about what's happening to them now. Well said, Paul. Well said. Um, looking ahead to to the game on Wednesday, Istanbul Bashak the opponent. It's a five fifty five kickoff uh, in the Champions League, chaps. Um, how do you see this one going? Well, I, 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 I briefly said I think it's a it needs to be a confidence builder. Yeah, you know, it ends into for the team and the lads going into the Premier League because. The Premier League on Saturday is a much more important game at the moment for everything. We need we need to get up that table in the Premier League. Um, I think we should have the ability to win that comfortably. Be interesting if he does give Cavani a run out from the start and seeing how far his fitness can take him in the game. Martial will come back and play because he needs a game. Um, will Tuanzebe comes back? He, he puts Mbappe and Neymar in his pocket but hasn't played since. I thought he would have played again before now. So I'd expect to and Zebe to get a run out, but I don't think the team is going to change too much. From um, I think he's got to play right. Van der Beek. He's got to play Van der Beek. He's got to. I think it'd be similar to the Leipzig team. Give, give him a give him ninety. You know, give him a run out. Give <coughs> him a full game. Yeah, I think Van der Beek has to play. I'd like to see Van der Beek play on the where McTominay played on uh, on Sunday in that right side of midfield. I'd like to see him play there. Let's, you know, it's a it's a game where you can find out if I would not play Pogba, but I would I would put Bruno in, in the top of the diamond and Van der Beek on the right and see if they can play there together. It's a game where you can find out. I think. Well, yeah, I agree. I agree, chaps. How's it going to go? Uh, United away to bash actually in the Champions League. Um, let's have some predos, gents. My predo is just a very scrappy one nil. Sadly. As much as I'd love a three-nil comprehensive win, I think two-one to us. I think we're going to win three-nil. You know. Well, you said seven-nil last time. We. Uh, I think we'll do well. I think I think we'll do well. I think we'll have a reaction, <clears throat> and that will frustrate us because obviously we've got Everton at the weekend. 
Yeah. I mean, I've I've deliberately sort of not looked ahead to that, but you know, we've got Everton Saturday, twelve thirty. And that could go one way or another. They're they're either brilliant or they're 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 poor. I mean, they've they've um they've lost. Well, they've the they definitely been more brilliant than poor, Aaron. Yeah, so they've lost the last two games though. They've lost the last two. So you know. without Carlison playing and without James playing on Sunday, yeah. they're a massive loss to their attacking threat. I think. Mm-hmm. And if they're back, we'll, we're, if they're back, we're in trouble. One for us because Goodison, we're not great at Goodison historically. No, no it's not a good recently. Great and I think that that and it's also twelve thirty kickoff, long trip from Turkey. All that nonsense kicks in. Yeah. Um, you know, early morning kickoffs at Goodison. I remember have not been. Good. I think only in 2007 can I remember we won 4 2. Yeah, that was a good one. That, the we were, we were down and in trouble, and that was going for the title with Chelsea. So I think I, I, just, I actually think Saturday's game will really define how this season really progresses. Yeah. Gents, I've got, to, I've got to wrap it up because we've got less than a minute left on our call. Um, thank you very much, though. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you joining us. Um, I'm just really wary of the call cutting out. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, these pods are all re- recorded on Zoom, if anyone could tell. We should really go to Skype, shouldn't we? We should really do Skype, so we just got a bit more time. But yeah, uh, we have barely got any time left. Um, thanks, Chris. Thanks, guys. Thanks nice to chat, as always. Let's know if it's happening. Cheers, chaps. Uh, until next week, though, come on, you Reds. Come on, you Reds. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at unitedredcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.